All right, welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is an interesting one because there's many firsts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice the backdrop is significantly different than where I'm usually recording from. So there's lots of firsts happening today, including visiting Placencia, Belize on a very special excursion trip. Number two, I'm interviewing somebody live in person, and that is a first for me. He is the CEO and co-founder of a group and company called Nomad Collective. What they do is they organize digital nomad meetups and trips, anywhere from seven days to 30 days. The one I'm on is a family edition. It's one of the first that they're trialing. So far, it's been amazing, and we are having so much fun. We went through all the ups and downs of how's it gonna go with kids on a plane to living abroad in a community living environment, separate quarters, but still, how does it work? We had so many uh, questions that got answered really uh, carefully through the process before we made the commitment to come. And now that we're here, we're so glad we did. And I really wanted to just spread the message as much as possible. So I thought, let's talk with the CEO, Daniel, the co-founder. While we're here together, why not? What a great location to be recording in. and try to address some typical things that you might be thinking or just open your eyes to the possibility of traveling, whether with your family or just with other digital nomads. We're all doing events, we're all doing networking things, but this is really just living your life and getting to experience things, again, as an individual with other people in the community or as a family in another community. And taking you outside of the world of, you know, working from home, it can be isolating, it can always be a little bit hard to find new friends and community and you can sometimes feel lonely so if you're looking for adventure meetups and community this might be for you we also have a youtube documentary we're going to be releasing as a family it's more of a personal side of things but make sure to check that out too you'll get to see the ins and outs of this entire trip the ups and downs and uh, just the key things that you should be doing if you come to this location or any digital nomad meetup you might be thinking of so let's get into today's episode right now Welcome everyone to the Partner Up Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Viancourt, a former introverted small towner who now adds value to businesses by sharing the most effective ways to grow and scale using affiliate and influencer partnership strategies. I'll share the lessons I've learned over the past 15 years while helping my clients generate more than 100 million in sales. We'll also dive into productivity hacks, mindset, and the newest trends from real case studies and expert interviews. You're just one partnership away from changing your business. Get ready, partner up, and profit. Let's get into it. All right, Daniel, welcome to the Partner Up Profits podcast. It's awesome to have you here live in person in Placencia. So welcome. Thank you very much, man. Pleasure to be here. This is a first, by the way. We are recording live, first ever live podcast. And I said, what better place to do it than in Belize while we're on this wonderful experience with Daniel, Noma Collective, and everyone else that's part of this journey with us. So before we get started, what's something interesting about you that not many people know? Interesting that not many people know. I mean, I play chess for two people and I love it. And then I only did it for those two people for many years. And then I started playing online. So not many people know about that. My father was a singer in a famous band called Manfred Mann. He sung a song called Blinded by the Light, which is pretty famous. So I don't really talk about it that much, but I'd say those are two random things that no one will know about. So why only two players? Because I never went into a team or anything or a game, and so I just played with these two friends for like my whole life, and that's what we would do together. And then I just, it's one of those like chess and like music industry don't really go together that well. Like I feel like I'm sometimes like at bits of different like moments and different people like i i wouldn't i hate to use the word comedian but like in the sense of like 
my general friend group and work group aren't really chess people. Is what I mean. Okay. <laughs> and what I want to. Volleyball is to the Belize. I don't be a football soccer fan and I play a lot and actually now living half the time in Mexico, I actually got a game together. So I have a friendly that I'm organized with like 40 people that come every week now and we play a bunch of games and it's awesome. But in Belize, there's just like not even any like where to play, right? It's one field, which is a complete ankle breaker down in Vicencio, which I like to play, but I also don't want to get super injured and like it's all, it's rugged. It's like, right? And so when that kind of, that urge for physical like sports that I couldn't fulfill. And there's a volleyball court, like what, like two minute walk from here, a 50 second walk from here. And they were just like, let's play, let's play. And in England, it's not a thing. There's no like, it's not a thing. There's no beach. I mean, we're cold stone beaches, right? Like we're not sand really. And we're not that hot. And so I think my understanding is in Canada and the States, it's kind of common. People play volleyball in school and so they have like a level of this. Yeah. And I had it and it just like, it fulfilled the hold of items left with not playing football. And then, like, you know, it was, it was the only thing we could do really there. And it just, it became a thing when we had the full time collective here. We ended up having like full on competitions with like locals and we would, it, would, it was just a great bonding experience. It's funny. You can come in and out. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever played hockey? So I play field hockey. Okay. I actually broke my nose twice in two years. I've never played. <laughs> I've never ice hockey. But like in England, the three sports in my school that you would play were hockey, cricket, and rugby. Because the posh schools, I went to posh school for three years and, and they just, they, football is like not, not appropriate. So and when I went to like, a, I went to a state school, they call it, but like non-paid when I was younger. And then that was football. And then I went to a private school when I was a bit older and, and they, they don't play football. So yeah, the hockey is like kind of that area. Yeah, fair enough. Look at Astros of Burns <laughs> and painful sticks. I seem to remove the but yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah, and Canada, that's all we that's all we do. That's our pride. So I'm still getting used to the volleyball stuff, but I'm looking forward to it for sure. Now that we have a month here, right? Yeah. So this, I really want to make this episode because I have so many friends in the industry and we do so many networking events, but this was brand new for me. And I think you've been in this for quite a while and the business is fairly recent, but we'll get into exactly when you started. I really wanted to bring this to the forefront of people that I know that could benefit, not just from a family perspective, but also just individuals that want to travel and be kind of like the nomad experience without just in three to four day or five day networking events. Mm -hmm. This is really a culture thing. So it's, it's exciting. And I just came across this this year. So it's still new to me, but for you, it's like, yeah, you know, this, we do this all the time, right? So informal or formal bio, give us a bit of your background. What have you done in the past? This obviously where it wasn't where you started. You didn't go to school for this. No. What are like some of the highlights? Usually I read off like Daniel is the CEO, co-founder of, but I will have that bio and I couldn't really dig it up on. So <laughs> I'm saying David Daniel, very self-thinking, but yeah. And it's, 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 a very, it's a winding path that seems slightly straighter when you look backwards, but in the moment it felt like it was one thing to the next. And so I think the line across everything I've ever done is creating community. And it started in music events. I would, like, as I said at the start, my family's all musicians, or at least in the music industry. My mom runs a, like, a PR company for music in the UK. And so from very early on, I was always with people. I was always in the studio. I was traveling. Like, I'm talking like three, four, five, six, seven. I was on tour with my dad for a lot of time. And so 
unbeknownst to me being in those sessions definitely allowed me to be kind of a little bit more like relaxed in communication right you know what you need in community is that that communication and so then when i like got a bit older and i went to I actually went to community college at 16 in america right then i decided to my, my dad was living in the states i went to community college for three years and i was going to transfer to san diego state about 18 or 19 so i'd done the community college what's it called the associate arts degree and I went back to England for a, like a summer. I had done one quarter extra and so I had a, a gap between when the next like year started. And so I was like, I'm going to go and intern for my mom's company and then I went back. And that was like my, my route into music and I started doing events. And in those events, we would, it would just be like one night. We would create a safe space, you put some music on, everyone would come, they'd forget the work week or whatever it is. And they, and you started that community in that respect. And then we started to do like weekends away. We started to do week-long festivals. And then I kind of sat in the festival scene for quite some time in the summers. When I decided to move away from England, I moved to South America and I would come back to do project work in summers because festivals very seasonal. And then in Argentina, I started doing stuff that was more experiential based. So I would do like secret events that were specifically themed or I would do birthday parties to do. I remember doing like the David Bowie birthday party for a friend or doing like a, a secret disco funk and soul parties where we would build giant like cuddle puddles with like all of these mattresses and like it, we, we would create these moments where people were really comfortable, right? And then I got this opportunity to do this members club, which was an arts members club. It was like a solo house that we know about. Mm-hmm. Member house. It was like a co-work plus an events place plus a restaurant. And like, a, it was, you, you would have a membership and you would, you could come and you would get first dibs on the events that would happen there. You'd bring friends and stuff. It was really cool. And when that fell through, it actually, it failed spectacularly in the, the best fashion possibly. We, we had licensing that wasn't right. We ended up getting closed. The owner came back, turned out to be someone we was. It was really great. It's almost like an, an, a Netflix series, like spectacular fail. It was, it was great. Um, but then a lot, you always learn all from those failures. Yeah. And then I took a step back and I was like, I want to do something that isn't so focused around a nightlife because... I was getting a bit jaded. There's this like need to be at night all the time. And like, I couldn't envisage myself at like 60. I could have been in this up at like six in the morning, like counting money or finishing an event or whatever. It just didn't seem like there was a trajectory there that made sense. And it makes sense. Sounds logical, right? And there's also, you see those old people in who are still doing it. And they're like, I don't want to wear that. those was good. Yeah, exactly. And so my friend had gone to a, airbnb style hotel where the owner spent a lot of time with everyone who stayed there he would cook dinner every time and there was a big communal table that everyone had to that was like the rule of the being and i was like had to eat with him and then he would sit there and he'd tell you stories and i need like my friend went and he came back and he was just gassed up he was like man this is the future community like hotels this is what we need to be doing it's the same community aspect let's like Six in the morning, more moving into a different category. But as often with things, you don't make the jump till you need to. So this is this idea. It was there. I was comfortable. I can go and work at the festival. And slowly we started to find this potential. And I, I found a bit of investment. I found a location. I lived out to police. Two months later, COVID hit. And so I was left completely like, you know, Close. 
with nothing planned. You know, every single thing I'd ever done was like deemed non-essential with March 17th, 2020, right? Flat. And so it was like I was in the place we're in right now, which is in Maya. It was closed. The whole place was closed. And I was like basically looking after to make sure no squatters came. It was me and, and the guy who built it. And we were here. And it was like this moment where we were literally just waiting out COVID. And I saw the whole remote work thing, which I'd done a lot before. And it made sense. I was like, this is interesting. We, when we had our hotel project, were thinking about something a bit more generalistic. It was like also backpack because it was partly digital nomad. It was just generally like a, the way I used to explain it was like a high-end hostel. Like our generation did the backpack and they loved the community. They loved the experience. They don't want the butt bed at all. You know, they want a nice bed. And it's like you go to the nice hotel and you've got none of the vibe. You've got this cold lobby. You've got this like random bar with like a pilot and some old dude. Yeah, you don't. There was this big disparity. And now there's a lot of hotels that are, are, f- are fulfilling that role. My friend calls me up one day and said, I'm looking for a location to do a pop up co live. And this was like November 2020. And within three weeks, we'd rolled out this beta program of it was called Numaya Village. The hotel's called Numaya. We figured the village was a bit more of like a longer term stay aspect. And we were like, let's just roll the dice. We put some money behind advertisement and we said that we're, we're going to be a remote working co-live in, 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 in Belize. And within a week and a half, we sold out like two months. And we were like, oh, okay, this is real. And that's how I got to where I am, essentially. I mean, there's a little bit more of a normal story, but that's the, the, the well, story. What a blessing in disguise, though, because I'm thinking of this in terms of like everything had operational failure when COVID hit and it went and it's like we're done what are we going to do and all of a sudden it I think it introduced a new style of living to people that needed it and you guys probably experienced Nova Wall when it came to travel maybe like I don't know how it worked here but you can we could leave the country but now especially everyone's primed to want to travel and so many people went online and whether they recognize themselves as digital nomads or not if you're working from all now, it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to travel and people haven't really opened their eyes to it yet. So I think there's a bit of a spectrum of people. For us, like I've been working online since 2007, but the idea of co-living was never a map. Yeah. It was just like, well, you know, that is, that's absurd. I'm going to do community living. Like, what does that look like? So for us now we have a family, it was even more like that's good to the outside. It's mm-hmm. of what we can do. Yeah. But we've been here, we've got to meet your lovely wife, your beautiful boy, Luchi, and your mom, Sarah. And you guys have been amazing to meet as well as the other families. And this was, for us, it was a bit of an experiment. We're like, I want to travel. Yeah. We have two young kids now. I'm like, can I still travel? I can. Yeah. My family can. Yeah. It's like, we travel. Yeah. It's like, how does that work? And there was a lot of firsts. There was, how do the kids on the plane? How do the kids in the community living for the first time? Juggling, you know, care and getting groceries. All these like firsts that were just... The, the main thing that my wife and I decided was like, everything we did, we was going to be curiosity-based, so we're going to be in an adventure mode. Something bad happens, oh, that's interesting, like, you know, something great happens, wow, that's really cool, like, you know, but treated with curiosity-based, and what we wanted from this event, which we're already getting, is just the cultural aspect, the sense for our kids to have something more than I had. I didn't travel until I was like 25, and then cell phone till I was 26, near. And all of a sudden, I went from being in a like, big fish, small pond, to, wow, I'm humbled. I'm a nobody <laughs> in this grand scheme of things, which is great. It humbles you, right? Yes. So I'm excited because I think there's a lot more opportunity for people to actually experience this with families. And I know Nova focuses on digital nomads for like singles, couples, but also families now too. 
So what's been the evolution of like going into the family? Is it just been a personal shift for you or is that something you saw coming through the, uh, the trends as well? Yeah, both. When you look at like my journey, of course, I wasn't thinking about kids until I had a kid, right? And then suddenly I looked around and go, there's no infrastructure here. And then I think just to like go back a little bit, like I believe the reason why like, you know, we look to codes and go, oh, that's not for me is because it was very much this like, it was very leaning on like a hippie or like a backpacker thing. And so there was never this infrastructure because the only people that were doing that were people who didn't have full-time jobs. Like right. you remember the conversation when it was like, do I leave my job and go traveling or do I keep my job, right? And that was the decision that most people had when uh, they maybe finished university or when they didn't go to university and they had this decision. And I remember being told, like, kind of the gap in their CV, like, oh, that's like, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And like, that was a very real conundrum that, like, you had to be the more an ambitious person to even jump on that. And now I think what the reality is, is you've done that decision that, that it's not like mutually exclusive. You can keep your job and you can travel on and the infrastructure is just catching up. So like in terms of the family thing, when I looked at the business, it was like in any business I've ever done, you really worry about your clientele aging out of the product, right? Like, and I saw that I myself was aging out and then my own product unless I delivered something new, right? And I kind of, again, the same thing, and this is what I do in my life, is you just got to roll the dice. You've got to try it out. And so really with the Nova family thing, it was like, it seems like a good idea. I'm sure there's loads of families that want to travel. The idea is simple. It's like you've got co-working and co-living and co like, 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 I just sort of work travel. And you've got someone here. The two ideas are not really that new, but like you're putting them together and just that little twitch, like that little change, clearly connected with a lot of people. I mean, every conversation, including I think the conversation I had with you when I was selling you on this trip was like, oh man, like I've been looking for something like this for ages and I never found it. And then they came across you. And so I think it was partnering. I think that the, the, the spark was me becoming a father, but the, the entrepreneurial part of my brain was like, hold on, like, you know, every, what, 80% of my entire clientele are going to age out of my product unless I offer this family option space. That's so smart. I, I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, that's an interesting one. Yeah. By the way, this is brought to you by Ob's Brewery. 100% only IPA, the best IPA and only IPA in Belize. I was so happy to find that, but he told me, I was like, okay, great. So usually it's, you know, just whatever's in the country, that one, yeah, but that one with all here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I'm fine with, but this was a, a welcome. Oh, you know, they're two worlds yeah. apart. Like, I, 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 like, just on a side note, like, when COVID hit, like, they obviously brewed a bunch of beer and then like it shut down. And so at one point they were giving the cases away. I was like a number one customer. I stole it up for months, but, but yeah, shout out to Hog Brewery. We, we keep us all in check. Yeah. Especially on hot days. Now it is hot. I'm Canadian. Apparently the bugs are having a face on me for the first week, but I found some really cool spots. It's been an amazing community of people we've been meeting. People are all like first-hand basis now, yeah. very safe spot. So you guys, it's, what I really like is that you've done your homework on things and I feel safe and, and like structured when I come down here. Yeah. So with like yourself, I don't know. I mean, for me, I don't I don't care much about me as I do about my family. Cool. So there's always that like, what if, you know, what's going to happen? And what I really love so far about the family chapters, the day camp, they get to actually go and do stuff and parents get a bit of a break during the day to actually keep working. Mm-hmm. So let's get into some questions because we really wanted to dissect this a bit deeper. 
I was thinking about this, like, what's the difference between this versus like a networking event? So I, do, I, I used to go to a lot. This is my first time communal living, which again, loving it so far, but I, I wish I would have been turned on to it five years ago. Even just when I was uh, a couple or, or single or whatever, when you go to a networking event, you don't just talk business. It is like personal too, but it's not the same vibe. Yeah. You're there with like a purpose and intent and you know it's short-lived. So what do you think is a differentiating factor Besides the kind versus five versus 30 days, what else do people get out of this by the extended experience? I mean, relationships, they can't fall, number one, for sure. Like, I think, like, you totally have, you know, you meet everyone's representative week one. By week two, you get, like, the actual person. And, 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 and I think that, like, the, the time needed to build those relationships is really important. I think that the 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 purpose of coming here by definition is different to the purpose of the networking event you come with this networking head on i've actually not had much experience in a networking space because um, in music it's not as big of a thing but i've been to obviously conferences we would definitely do that type of stuff and and i think like when when we would do music conferences it's like you're going to check out bands basically you're going there to see as many bands as possible meet a couple of the industry leaders it's not really as much to do with life. It's definitely to do with work. And I think what we're trying to do here is this balance, this work-life balance, or even better, this merging of the two by where they were so separate since essentially we decided to go into the factories however long ago, they've been very separate life and work. And I think remote work is allowing us to re kind of merge those things in the sense of like, if you want to take a break from your calls, you can pop over here to the nap room and see your kid and he's just around the corner and you can have those ad hoc experiences with your kid. You know, you're not shipping them off somewhere and you see them in three weeks. So I think like like anything, the intention is is super important. So I, I think that's where the, the, the difference is for me. That makes sense. And is it, and uh, actually I should have done research on this, but is it always 30 days? Is there extended stays? I know we were talking, I don't know if it was your company or you had to mention other associated companies that were doing like chapters of living where it's like a three month quarterly. Yeah. Maybe that's like the evolution. Yeah. But right now, walk us through what would it look like? You know, somebody wants to sign up as either a solo entrepreneur, a couple or a family. What do you guys have offering? What's the, the stay look like? And yeah. what are things that you guys are organizing that people don't have to worry about? Yeah. That's the beauty of this. That's what I love. Totally, totally. So I think like, you know, I mean, it's, it's worth pointing out like the two problems of owner souls, right? Like number one is that like, as a working professional, you know, it can be, you know, it's quite time consuming to like book and organize a trip. Like, you know, you don't know the locals, you need to kind of do a bunch of research. And aside from that, it can be quite daunting. So, so, so there's like the travel aspect, right? New location. You know, I often look at like, you know, being late for work is pretty much the same as not knowing if you've got good Wi-Fi, right? I said, you know, <laughs> you're not planning out to the meeting for the principle, right? And so, so, so we offer that turnkey solution of like, you, you know that you're going to get your job done, you're going to have a little connect, you're going to have all the things you need, and, and it's going to be there ready for you to get there. And then what's serious is that like, it could be quite lonely. It could be quite solitary, like the, re the remote work life, you know, it, the, those ad hoc moments you got around a water cooler or in the office or whatever, they gave you some kind of community aspect. And I, I'm not saying they need to go back to the office for those. I'm saying there's another thing. And so like, I think that plug and play community of like-minded people is kind of a second solution that, that, that we bring to the table. So when, with those in, in, in mind, like, those are the things we definitely offer. Yeah, we, we, we offer the budget resolution. We, we offer the, the, the different excursions. Like, you know, in three weeks, which is our standard time frame, 
you get a really nice snapshot of that country, be it Buenos Aires, and you're doing meat and wine, and you're doing like, you know, culture, museums, or nightlife, or you're doing Belize living, snorkeling, scuba diving, mine brewings, like, you know, we, we've, we've, we've kind of figured out one of the top things to do. So as a single traveler, you generally have options between two weeks and four weeks. Three weeks is, is what we believe is the sweet spot. That's like leaves you wanting more, which is kind of what we're trying to do. But we also have people that travel with us. So they'll just go from trip to trip to train. And we actually like, you know, we reward those people. So like if you've done two or three trips in a row, we'll definitely, you know, make sure that you get a really good deal on those. And actually we do multi multi trip buys and things like that. And, and so we try and structure the the beginning and end day so that in theory you could travel with us all year round. Going like from where we are now to where I want to be, I imagine like a Nova passport by where you could essentially, we could become your landlord and you could just pay us a flat fee of let's say $3,000 a month and you could travel around the world and then you've got that like even level of experience and quality. Having said that, like, you know, we, we are looking at different size trips. So I actually saw yesterday on LinkedIn a, a kind of like a survey of, of it's about a thousand people. What's your ideal trip length? And it was four options. It was like, two weeks all the way through to, to like six months and it was literally equal all of them i mean there is a, someone who wants two weeks and add enough for the same set of around everyone that want all of them all the way to six months that thing will do six months but what we will do is up to maybe six to eight weeks I, and we, we used to do that in the past with our rolling date format and it's worth mentioning like everything's fixed date format so the reason for that is everyone arrives on the same day and you get this real good sense of community everyone bonds at that moment and spend it together and then they leave at the same time. What we used to find is, and this happens a lot in coders when I'm going and stay there, if you're on your last three days of your trip, you're done socializing, you can't make new friends. You're like, I can't do it anymore. I've got my crew. And so, but like, that's great for you. But if someone's just come in, they're on their own and they want in that community experience, sure. And they're like, oh, dude, like, you know, they, they feel less doubt. And so by keeping those fixed days, and, and you know, we've had people that arrive a couple of days late, a couple of days early, we're flexible in that respect. And generally the staff date being the same for the group that's coming, we've seen better community experiences from that. Give you an example of a trip that might be a bit longer. I want to do a RV trip across America where we have a convoy of nomads that will do that trip. Now that takes a little bit of time. So that's something I'm thinking more six weeks. But again, you have your autonomy, you have your vehicle, we'll put locations where you start for co-working. So I'm starting to, to, to think about, okay, we've got this cool product. How can we add experiences overlaid into that, be it health, be it fitness, be it wellness, be it education, be it professional, you know, growth, be it traveling across America? Is that, I mean, like, as a, as a, like, a, a European, you know, like, the dream is that, like, right, we've all, I, I'm dreaded about doing the RV trip across America, and I'm not the only person who's had that dream, right? So, yeah, there, there is definitely room for longer stays. But, but we found a sweet spot to be three weeks. Interesting. Yeah, and I think that that'll change as people start to experience this for themselves. Or we're like, typical vacation. Two weeks, it's like, yeah, that's quite a bit, you know? That's a long vacation. But it's not the same as a vacation, I would say. It is it's integration of living and business. One of my ambitions in life is just not to have a separation of business versus personal. I want the merger. I want the harmonization of my yeah. family's part of my business, my business part of my family, and we're all one. What I really enjoyed, by the way, for your trip around America, count us in, but I would also make one request. I want a motorcycle nomad trip. I would go and I would 
motorcycle through Sedona, Arizona. I was picture that'd be a great spot to start. But what I really don't want to do is like, we were thinking about getting married in Mexico this past year. And I was like, okay. So we're trying to pick a resort. And if I've never been to a resort, you're like a little bit weird. You're like, do I like this place? Is it going to have good Wi-Fi? Is the food good? I don't want to have to go and try these resorts. So what I was looking for was like, okay, somebody is going to vouch for this. Mm-hmm. And you're here. So if anything was wrong, you're just going straight to you. Yeah. Oh, man, that's why we have those community about it. Yeah. But seriously, it, it's just, it's it's that aspect that I don't want to think about. Like, I still, you know, plan my flights, things like that. But I want to just know, has somebody been there? Do they like it? Are they willing to put their name on the line to this place? Okay, cool. That solves that X factor for me. Yeah. Everything else I can kind of deal with. And part of the structure of the family thing, I don't know about the other side, is that during the day, yes, you get to work, but I, like this week, I mean, work or business, I mean, I don't really, I don't consider myself like a nine to five guy. Mm-hmm. I just, I provide value. And if I don't, I'm not going to stick around yeah. that company or that consulting gig. You're free to do whatever you want. Yeah. There's not a how to participate, although it's encouraged and everyone's here to want it. Yeah, it's a great in for sure. You know, learn about each other. Yeah. So we've had suppers, we've had excursions planned now, we're going to go on them or we're not. And everyone's up to their own devices if they want to yeah. participate and all, which is nice because if you've had enough one day, it's not like, well, you're cut from the team if you don't show up to this thing tonight, right? So it would And everyone's super forgiving. And from, again, it's first week, maybe week three, week four, it'll be a completely different story. It's going to pull their hair up. But so far, it's like the, some some days there's kids running around and like my kids, you know, off the, off the wall and off the chain, but everyone's got that like grins together. Yeah. And it's, it's so nice because... It's not always even the case around people that you love the most. Like I love my family and I love my friends, but whenever you're not kind of putting yourself on the line, you're not making that extra effort to get it. So I just, I found it, I guess, very, very supportive so far with everything that we've experienced. So let's talk about how do you, well, okay, two questions. How do you select participants? Because this is a crucial part of your business. You don't want to attend families who don't get along. So you do a vetting process. How do you love that? We didn't for the first three weeks when we this. And it was like the clearest like decision. It was the easiest decision we ever made because you know we've all been somewhere where there's a bad apple. And, and it's not necessarily they're a bad person. They're just not right after the trip. Like often it's not even that they're a negative. It's just that it's just not the right trip for them. And so, I mean, initially it was just like get on the phone with them. But now we commit all different types of kind of like, oh, you, I, I don't, I don't say I'm going to do a Myers Briggs test with you, but I'm asking you questions that give me answers to allow me to understand. Now, there's obviously false. It's not a perfect system. I, I, I would love to be able to, and, and I think this is what we're going to do all the time, but but have kind of a bit more of a drawn out process by where there's maybe two or three calls. But again, we're we're a small business, so we have to kind of make a decision on where we're going to make a set. But generally, what we do is, you know. There, there are some key elements to whether or not you're going to fit in in a community like this. And one of them is how much travel have you done before? How many community events have you been to before? And when I say community events, I mean a music festival or cab or something like that. Like, and, 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 and then you start to ask kind of questions around like, you know, like how would you deal with a situation that makes you uncomfortable or a situation like a power outage or any of those things? And you start to really see kind of the type of person that you have. And then sometimes people will maybe, you know, put their, as I said before, their representative there. And, 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 but what you've done is you've got a recording of a call and a bunch of answers so that if you ever do have a problem with that person, you go, hey, well, it was pretty clear we spoke about this before, right? Yeah, exactly. But, and, and, you know, I think that the, the passion and the love 
and the friendliness and the genuine want to help people in this journey like connects with yes. other people and so we've had to kick off three people in, in like two years out of like almost a thousand people so we've got a pretty good ratio refund rate yeah exactly and so and so in that respect like you know i think that it's 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 a lot about just picking up those natural cues and just talking to someone like you can tell when you speak to someone what type of person they are at least Partially. Yeah, well, you can. I'm speaking one of your superpowers. You're yeah. the front of house guy right now, but you're also the co-founder. And like, so you're doing a lot. Like, you're wearing a lot of hats. Like every entrepreneur's company startup does, which is good because you need to solve the problems first off and then kind of implement the operations for your team to kind of do the same thing. And like, I hire, hire a lot of people and the hiring process that we implement with some of the companies, it's it's a gauntlet. And it's like three or four interviews. Yeah. And it's like a two to three process yeah. because... There's nothing more expensive like a bad hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, fair, fair. and also, I'm someone on the trip, people get to kick off or get a bad rep from. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong, and I think that mentality is, is, is key on that. So that's how you pick people. Now, how do people know if they're right? And by the way, people lie on interviews, right? People lie. Oh, I only find the name that goes out. Don't worry about here. Then it's like they're the ones locked out. They are, they don't have 40 megabits. Yeah. Yeah, it sure. How do people know if they're right for this beyond the glints and the glamour of like, oh, it's going to be great. You know, what would be the pricing factor? You're like, no, listen, you're probably not right. Which, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, I was always lying. Uh, and, and the sales team are really good at kind of, you know, seeking people out because it's like, so I'll go there. And we live over the beach. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So like, how do you deal with like, you know, bugs? Or like, you know, what you know, what would you do if you had a gecko in your world? Or like, hey, like, they need like a coffee shop really close where you can have your like flat white, for example. And then they're like, Oh, well, I need my, I need my flat white. No, I can't have get in there. Well, probably one side is might be better. Maybe you don't on a beach, actually. And then you kind of guide them through that. And that's what happens a lot. Like you, people will, will think they want something. And actually it's the salesperson's job to go ask the questions to get to the root. Because actually what they want is generally just a community. They want to go somewhere and feel like involved and like, it's not as much the physical location it really isn't although that is a factor you know there are big macro you know decisions like beach or jungle or city or or, or, or town or like mobilities you know like massively populated or or, 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 or scarcely populated but outside of that it's generally like we'll ask a couple questions from their decision and see if it is the right decision and then just kind of kind of and generally when you when you say to them oh i don't you know Actually, I think Buenos Aires are better for you. They're generally pretty open to that. So there's, how many locations do you guys have? Good question. I probably should know that. I think it's like 12. 12. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mostly Central South America. And then we, we're doing Barcelona for the first time. In fact, actually, I just got totally one spot left. So, <laughs> but, but yeah, we're going to our first European destination. We, we, we do Kenya, we do Barney. Those are the only ones that's of Central and South. You know, we're pretty much in almost all of the... In what we we do like Panama, Guatemala, we do we're doing Costa Rica for the first time, and obviously Belize. So I would like to do Honduras and Nicaragua. I actually had a, a oh actually we're doing Nicaragua in a, in a month's time. Actually, we have an alumni LA trip. We're doing our first collab with Outside, which is a really cool collaborative company, and they have like I mean it's it's an amazing mansion with like an infinity pool, like overlooking like a hill down into a like a, a beach is breathtaking. So. Is it all individual units? Because right now we're like in condos, we're all separated. So you have your own space, you know, you're not like all, you know, stuffed in a room and you're using the same bathroom. Like, yeah, or maybe a hostel, I've actually been in hostel, so I need to say for sure. But yeah, yeah. So it's definitely like, 
Our, our, our part of the line is you never share a bedroom. Never. When we have uh, like the traditional additions that we do in these condos, and we, we have two options. You either take a condo yourself or you share the condo with someone. So we're in a two-bed condo right now, and you would potentially have a roommate. To be, so you would share the common space and be, have your own bathroom and your own bedroom. And it's just a way for us to bring the, you know, the more, you know, the price that have a more economic option. The locations for me, like one of the biggest differentiators between us and competitors is I believe everyone needs to be in the same location. Like I'm not saying the same bedroom, just the same location, walking distance, right? Meaning most of our competitors will do like an Airbnb here and an Airbnb there. And it, and it just breaks up the community. You're not saying time with your four people in your Airbnb. You don't get that wider. Right. You don't get those moments where you're like, oh, hey, you're casting on, 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 the, on the carpetway. And then you're talking you know, ad hoc kind of like community development. That's really my only prerequisite. We definitely started doing stuff more in, like, now that we're a bit bigger, we're doing more partnerships with already established co-lives. The reality of two years ago, there wasn't that many established co-lives. Like, decided. I don't think that the infrastructure was around really when we started. There were a couple, obviously. I mean, I'm not saying we were the first, but, you know, boutique hotels is another thing that we offer. So, like, Brownie. In Panama, we have a 14-room eco hotel. We have your own eco dome, which has a desk inside of it and a bathroom, but then they have a community kitchen. And that generally would work for families. I wouldn't take that out there, but it worked great for, for single and, and couple who were nobads. So yeah, it's, it, it, the really kind of one hard line I have is that everyone needs to be in the same place or like two minute walk on distance. I'm a bit envious of the fact that you consider these sales calls because like I told you, I was like, Dude, you already made yourself any much what a person finds out about this. Like, I would never inquire if I wasn't already kind of salt on it. Of course, there's things that you have to like do due diligence on. Yeah. But uh, I was working with a, a girl, and she was on a trip to Columbia with a, a similar company. I think it wasn't wasn't necessarily yours. I was like, what is this? I was just like blew blown away. But what I want to go back to like the networking events, and one of the things that I think is a powerful differentiator is the fact that there's no pressure on building deals and making business decisions on this trip. Mm-hmm. We're up to go to a networking event. I'm looking, okay, who's the ROI partner I'm looking for? And you're being at it about the same way. And of course, there's synergies that could happen. And I'd be interested to see like, how many deals got struck on the site of trips because I can just assume there are. But it's also just, I'm just being me. I don't have to be yeah. this business guy, like, not pretend, but and what I'm not saying about you is, yeah, you're the business networking guy, but this is just, like, this is me. And if you talk business, cool. And everyone's very, they're, they're very like vulnerable and then like raw in terms of what they're willing to share as opposed to when everyone's got their guard up. So I'm a natural introvert and it's been like my life's mission now that I started to travel to be like, hey, it takes effort for me, but I want to practice this. Yeah. And it's such a safe environment in terms of support and people being like willing to want to have conversations, even if you're not a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. So I think even if you're an extrovert or an introvert, there is a room for you in these types of meetups. What about the family stuff? Like, you guys, this is your first kind of attempt at this. So far, so good. So false Are you guys, like, going off full in on this in the future? Or what are you planning to involve that? So, definitely very interested in the progression of the family side of things. I kind of have a larger vision of these physical communities that are dotted around the world. And so when you have a community that's stationary or is partly stationary, there is going to be families that live there, there's families that live there, there's going to need to be a school, probably need to be a couple of shops. And so this is my way of dipping my toes into a industry that I am learning as I go, because 
the other companies that are in this space, and there's really few of them, they've gone with like full education. Mm. And so I think there is a movement towards that, but the, the, like, I don't want to jump into an, like, I'm, I'm very hesitant of like, you know, that's not my industry. I know how to create a community. And so for me, it makes, it makes sense to trial this out. It is slow process by where we see that, for example, next summer, we're probably going to do three of these back to back and we're going to do them in, 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 in the summer. And then from that, we'll look at, well, okay, you know, what location has the most people? Perhaps we'll look at right, maybe doing like two or three semesters the year, like after that. But the infrastructure needed for that is obviously massive. We're going to need to have teachers, school, full time. There's a whole different ballgame there. So I think the short answer is yes. And then I think we need to figure out how that goes. I think the summer camp element is slightly easier to put together um, in terms of logistics. That makes sense. I, I think that there's going to be a deed for it, though. So I think you're starting on the right path, and it's going to lead to more developments and yeah. understanding. And yeah. maybe it's not for you, maybe it is for you guys, but I really hope that it is because I, I want to see the opportunity, the travel. Like I said, we made a vision for ourselves, and that includes the traveling component. But then when you involve kids, it's like, well, how do they keep up the curriculums? Yeah. Or how do they get the summer camp experience while we travel? Yeah. Because I don't think it's secluded. I want them like to call my little guy, Leo. He's basically me before I got trained in how to deal with people right now. So I'm seeing everything like that. It's kind of like the way I was versus the way I am now. So I'm on and experience that cultural shift early on in life. So it is not the battle with it for later on too. Now, something else I want to kind of come back to or, or revisit. You and I talked about this. I think there's a big opportunity, and I don't know if you guys have the infrastructure set up for right now, but for B2B or corporations looking to create culture and mm-hmm. create a safe environment for people to meet up beyond just Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. Like we have an international company. I've only ever met up with the, the founders, the president, and we've had like, we call it the wolf pack of like six Dodgers yeah. in 2015. I've yet to meet people in like Lithuania and in Brazil, all these different locations. So I see an opportunity for you guys, and you probably already seen it, in terms of could you create this community living for businesses that are looking to build that growth and that bonding between teams and companies? 100%. I mean, we actually just launched our team retreats, team retreats page like about three weeks ago with the full vision of going out to companies that are remote and offering them an opportunity to meet in a physical space. It's just team bonding or if it's for rewards and for sales teams and that type of stuff. But I see it being a massive value add. And 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 actually, I kind of want to go full circle because you touched on something which is like, it doesn't feel like a networking event, but most likely there is networking happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that is the key. Because if you can get people feeling comfortable, relationships are made more naturally. People have their guard down, but you all want to get to the end goal. What does someone want when they go to a networking event? They want to meet someone who could potentially help them in their career or help people in their career and also build their business or whatever they're working on. And so one of the things that we've seen even within the traditional communities is ad hoc businesses are made, investments are made. I've seen it happen. I've seen like multiple businesses being born in front of me and are now coming to fruition. I've seen people invest in different companies. We've had in this round that we're doing right now, we've had 10 alumni that have invested in Doma, right? Which is like, again, it's such a beautiful experience. So how do we capitalize on that, but also at the same time, not turning into a network event, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that I was looking at is, you know, having growth professionals and or like incubator representatives on site to help you facilitate your goals should that be what you want and then it all goes back to this thing which is it's a highly curated but optional calendar 
Sure. You don't have to do any of it. But if you want to, there's all this infrastructure there for you, right? And I think it's the same to go full circle onto, you know, your retreats, you like know, question. It's like, obviously, we know that interpersonal physical communication is so important. We know that when you get in a room with a bunch of people and you hash it out, a lot happens. It doesn't have to work that way, but we know that. And so I think like if nothing else as a once a year meet for a company in a team bonding sort of like in a process, we can offer all the infrastructure to make that happen. And aside from that, it's like, I know these companies don't want to deal with that. They don't want to deal with it. They want someone to be able to just deliver it and be like, here you go. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that because we're taking, we're going to start to take some long-term leases on some places because we're going to start to want to make our own locations ours so we have 100% control on those places, which starts to make it really interesting to try all new things or have opportunities to offer companies good rates to come and enjoy our, our spaces. Man, I'm so glad to said that because like I'm thinking of this is when you're looking at like again hiring teams is probably one of the most brutal experiences the past four years of just trying to find good top. Yeah. So there's a couple of things we touched on. I'll circle back to one. It's great to put on like, hey, if you join this company, we do a collecting trips. Yeah. It's like, wow, what is that? And instantly you're offering something unique, and then it's a fresh perspective on like, wow, they do this. That means like they have a culture of this and this and that. So it associates to to something that you maybe can't offer yourself. And logistically, I don't want to be organized in any of this stuff with any anybody like HR or anybody. No, we're fully job running. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a full job. That's why I think that's why for training somebody to do it or how to it. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that you mentioned, and now I'm blanking on the other one. But to get back to uh, my questions, which is why I keep them here because I'm just not on spot type of drivers. I want to definitely take you up on the business side of things. We're going to talk about that. I think it's a very cool experience that everyone would benefit from and people would gravitate towards and want to travel, especially with the family side now. For the longest time, we were like a company that I'm part of, consulting with the majority of clients, like there was six guys. There was, there was not even couples at the time. It was just like, and then we started to have families. And this family culture is like, how do you shift this uh, work? Like we were... We're familiar workhorses at the time. We put in a lot of hours to yeah. try to make, you know, what we need to Yeah, exactly. And now it's like, we're having families. I'm like, I want to have more time with my family. How, how do we integrate this? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great, you know, we had to kind of lead into that with companies. Let's talk about the takeaways. I want to just hear from your perspective. I, I have an opinion of, oh, I'll, I'll, actually, I want to come back to it. I know I'll get back to that. Okay, so when I first got here, first thing I'll do is like analyzing Everybody, because I'm in my networking head, right? I'm like, okay, what is this person? And it sounds like I'm just going to share transparently. It's like, what does this person have to offer in terms of like, what kind of business deals they may do this? And instantly I'm like, okay, what are you doing? I like, get out of that mindset, right? So it's like, it is a shift. Like you got to get used to that. And then I just, I'm more interested in their kids and like all that stuff. So there is a business components to it. And I, I like the idea of a mastermind consulting, bringing in a professional to kind of Whatever, it'd be cool to cater to the people in terms of like, who are you bringing into this group? And if you can start to categorize them a little bit as like what their businesses are, how they could benefit from this one speaker and informal, they don't ever participate, they don't have to. There's no like, you know, selling them on stuff throughout the event or whatever, which is again, another fresh perspective. Usually when I go to events, it's like, wait, you know, what's the bigger play here? And I kind of talked to you about that and stuff for the first night. Yeah. Like what's, what's bigger here? Cause it doesn't seem like there's enough profits for this. The only, only be the thing you guys are doing. Yes. <laughs> what's your dream partnership look like? What do you like? Just if you had a magic wand, you want to get a dream partner tomorrow. 
to sign with this company or any company you're part of? Who are you looking for and what would they bring? So I think there's probably kind of two sides to that. Like I think that there is a brand partnership opportunity by where we can add value and offer like connection to to their ideal customer. Our customer is quite specific. Like if you were trying to get into the nomad space, like we have that. So yeah, I would love to be able to offer complete remote work set times as an add-on. I'd love to be able to offer like any sort of material in terms of packing or, or anything like that so they're able to to kind of help the nomad in their daily life. You know, I mean I got I got past uh, this it's still in, you know, they're still making the product, but there was like it's basically like a really high functioning, really small computer that you could carry around and that you could then just connect those spins. Like it is like, you know, you know how they used to have those active boxes that were like, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like DC, that's all you need to travel as a know about. And I was like, well, I mean, that seemed pretty interesting. Yeah. So if you have that, those sort of partners by where we can kind of really test those things, that's really interesting. But my biggest passion here is I think 90% of the people that can do this don't know about it. And so like, all I want is to have more people experience this life-changing event. Like I see time and time again, people on the beach week two, rethinking their entire lives. Like mm. I thought this was just going to be a week or two away and I'm going to go back to my normal life. And then they realize, because as you said, it's perspective. You get this perspective and you go, oh, well, sure, I can go backwards. You know, I need to go forwards. I need to make this jump. So. My ideal partnerships is access to communities that, un- that, 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 that potentially have gain value from this and have this change. That's what gets me up in the morning. Those people that are like, Daniel, because of Nova, like my whole life has changed for the better. But more time for myself, more time for my family, you know, more time doing my job, more productive. Like, I was lucky enough to be given that from the beginning. I traveled my entire life as a kid. And so I think I was, I, I, unbeknownst to me, I was given all of this nurturing to be able to make these decisions by selling and be 23 and be like, you know what? I'm going to give away my day job. I don't care. I'll go to Argentina with $2,000 in my, in my back pocket to learn Spanish because I, I don't care. I'll always turn back. But I think that fear that most people have, that fear of like, well, what if? It's like, that doesn't need to be the roadblock anymore. So like the partnerships about it for me, and like helping people break down those fear barriers. Those are good partnerships. <laughs> that makes sense. Personal question too, I have a stepson, he's, he's gonna be 19 or he already is 19. And he's at that transitional stage. He's, I don't know what I want to do. I want to go to school because that's what I was supposed to do, right? And uh, the interesting things, I was like, we talked about Nova Collective. I don't know if there's a spot for him in terms of, is he doesn't have a digital nomad position yet. And I always thought it'd be cool to have like an apprenticeship where somebody can come on a trip and kind of partner up with somebody that's trusted, that's bed in, and they could literally teach them what they're doing. Whether it's that, that's what he wants to do the rest of his life, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Open their eyes to this off the opportunity. And that you don't have to go to school necessarily to get a degree. You don't have to be tied to a cubicle. You don't have to be tied to any of that stuff that was like the old way of thinking. No offense yet. So we need to talk about that at some point. So I think that's another opportunity. So I have thoughts about it more in terms of the local communities that where we do business. So for example, the social impact campaign that we're doing in Belize, I got a grant from a uh, NFT DAO called Onchain Monkey, shout out to Onchain Monkey, they gave us about four, but four E's 
to to essentially roll out a a social impact program in Belize and we do it's actually today it's Thursday every Thursday we do activities and every every month we do a beach thing up and what I want to do is when you travel to these beautiful locations coming from developed worlds, you take you kind of take for granted how much we have on offer to ourselves. And, and I spent a lot of time in Belize. And so my thought process was having these mentorships come about to be able to offer doorways, open doorways for these kids in Belize or in Panama or in Kenya or whatever. But I think it goes both ways ultimately. So I think like having basically giving any child that was the knowledge and the education to be able to make the decision that's best for their life is is i think what is the next stage in terms of that type of internship and apprenticeship because you have an alumni network you know i'm sure you could have an intern if i had the right person willing to learn what you were doing and i'm sure there's 50 percent of our alumni would feel the same way right and so again it's like how do we connect to all those people how do we make sure that we know the wants and needs of all the alumni so that we can start to connect them and connect them for business connect them for pleasure but also connect them for mentorship as well i like that i like both sides of the equation and part of my passion is kind of transforming the kids who come up in a small town and don't really have the broader view perspective of the global side of things and introducing the concepts and maybe it never even imagined yeah so that's cool we're at the conclusion but we have a couple of quick fire questions. Let's do it. just me. All right. <laughs> okay. First off, though, like you even mentioned it, you're a power networker, connector. What's like a creative way that either you use or have been used, someone used on you to connect, get a foot in the door, get a call answered? Because mm-hmm. part of this is also just like creative ways, whether it's sending like a written postcard, written like, you know, a, a book to somebody. What's something that you've experienced that you'd love to share with everyone to try? Taking a step back and trying to understand that person is probably your number one like idea. Like that's what I always do is you don't want to try and like, you know, sell like snow to an estero. They always say it the other way around. But I think it's like it it, it it takes a little bit of a moment to go, okay, so but what type what what's motivating this person? Because I think like ultimately that's what gets people interested, is oh, okay, this person's send something that resonates with me. So I, that's what I'd always do. I do it with like, if I'm trying to connect with someone on LinkedIn through, because I want to connect with them, I'll, I will look at what they're interested in and try and understand them a little bit and try and find some sort of connection between you know, me and him. I tend to do most of my networking, like I do trust the universe a little bit. And a lot of my networking comes from just face-to-face conversations where I'll talk to someone and be that charismatic person that I am. But I'll say, if you're trying to find, you're trying to connect with someone, Try and understand what motivates them. That's the number one goal. Because if you don't want to, there's a risk of going to sell someone something and they don't want it and then you look like an idiot. So it's like, just try and figure out what they want. Okay. And tactically, what's something you could use? If you find somebody likes sport or an activity or a subject, what are you going to do tactically? Besides conversation with them, is there something you could do? Connect with them a little bit better? I think finding a common ground, some sort of activity. I mean, I know it's slightly different, but like when I was thrown into the social impact program, like the thing that allowed me to connect with all those kids that I have nothing in common with was football. That's something that allowed me to do that. I see common denominators like like the arts, I think are a really easy way. I come from the arts, so be it like a particular music artist that I like or a particular museum that I like or a particular type of, you know, like a, like an IPA or 
or something like that. I try and I, I ask a lot of questions. Hey, like, what are you into? So I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Like, what do you do in your free time? You like this or do you like that? And I try and have enough of a knowledge, a basic knowledge of martial arts and all of them, I can then go, oh, that's cool. I know about that. And then I ask questions. It's, I, I spend most of my time asking questions, but oh, that's cool. What's, like, what, I, tell me a bit more about that. Like, I'm really interested because people like to talk. Like, an adult, so we all want to talk, right? So it's like, that's the way I, so if I, and, 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 and often that's the way you learn about something new as well. You know, if someone's talking about something like, Someone says they're into like, I mean, it's happened recently. I think it was Nabab, who, who, who's with us right now, does like pharmaceutical compliance. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't know nothing about that. You need to tell me more about that. What's going on there? It's like, oh, okay. And then he talked about this other thing. And I, had, I knew about that drug he was talking about. And then we had some common ground. And then 20 minutes later, we're talking about, oh, yeah. So it's, it's like, I think that's like, and then naturally that will lead you to, uh, to, to other conversations. You just want to take people kind of want to take them away from that thought process they have when they go into a, a networking event. You want to get them out of that and into the friend zone. You know, and let's just try a date. And yeah, yeah, I meant no. <laughs> All right, well, I know you're a busy guy. I want to, I know you got to head off and do some really cool stuff. With, what, what are you up to next? Well, next, I'm, I have promised the the eight to 12 year olds that we're going to play FIFA for the next two hours. Oh, that's what I'm doing. I am in. I, yeah, yeah. I've got I've gone from fixing golf carts to doing best meetings to playing feature with a kid. Uh, I had a fun cart on a bit else, yeah. And then I have a dinner because I have my sister in law who just arrived with her family. So we've got two more kids arriving to the party. So that's it. I'll super, super appreciate doing this then. Like, that's a dick. I have a couple more questions and then we're going to wrap up and we'll take any more two minutes. But, yeah. like, listen up. So, first off, Pitch Sonoma Collective. How can people sign up? How can they bypass the vetting process? Sure. How can they get a good deal on this? Can we up them up with a little show notes link in the bottom? Sure. Yeah. So I guess I'll talk to the camera. Noma Collective, Noma Collective HQ is our Instagram. It's an amazing way to see kind of the visual aspect of what we do. Noma-collective.com. You know, we are a stepping stone for you. If you're unsure about your next stage, you know, take a jump. It's only three weeks. You don't have to pack up your entire life. You can just give it a go. And I'll be more than happy to give you a really sizable discount, you know, friends of the family now. And and so, yeah, you know, I think the, the, the last question I would say, or the last thing I would say is, you know, if you're not sure, don't let that be the barrier. Last questions. Our sales team are also here to, to help you through that process. Like it's a daunting thing. So if you're unsure, but you want to make the jump, just reach out. We'll have a show notes link at the bottom and full, you know, promotion for this. I want this to be part of the ecosystem of partner up profits. I think it's a great synergy. Part of the things you create a holistic approach to everything that people and marketing managers are going to need in their lives to be successful and happy. Yeah, it's a good balance. Yep. So now, last 10 questions. These are quick fire elevator pitch questions. So you got to be fast. Get ahead. Right. And, uh, so let's, let's do it. First thing that pops in your mind, finger finger. Pizza. Oh, my neck says, I love pizza too. Best memory. That I decided to go on a boat with two people I never met because they told me I was going to go to the best party of my life. I was on a beach in Koh Phangan. I rolled the dice and I ended up going to the best party of my life. I met 10 people that I spent the next three weeks with and I'm still in contact with them today. So moral of the story is sometimes just get on the boat. <laughs> All right. You have another go around. What's a new story of life that you're writing? Was a new story that I'd write? Say, what would be a new Daniel story you rewrote for your entire lives? Ah, a new story. 
I like to reinvent myself a lot. Um, one of the things I'm doing right now is 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 actually, you know, funny enough, what we were talking about before, nootropics, nutrition, understanding what my body needs, not just the food I'm intaking, but everything I'm intaking, also things I shouldn't be ingesting. That's the new part of me because I was so focused on just like work and life. And I think like I, the stress has like led me to go, okay, like, you know, what's going in is, is super important. So that's the new Daniel. Okay. Best productivity app. Don't think about it as a big one thing. Break it down into small, sizable bites. If you look at it as a whole, it will always be impossible. <laughs> I like that one. I know you don't want to retire, but I always ask everyone as a stress test on this podcast, do you want to retire? Yes or no? But if not, of course, what else are you doing in your 60s? You're not up at dance parties and all those late night things, but what else are you doing? Well, I've already retired in terms of the traditional retirement because I don't do something. I don't do work. I'm not slogging. I love any loo. So it's not really even work. When I don't have to get out in the morning to do a bunch of meetings, I'm hoping five to 10 years. I would really like to be doing more consulting. I think that once I've proved what I'm doing, which it's a proving to myself, you know, but I think if Noma, when Noma becomes that what I want it to be, I think that the next stage will be focusing on just giving my knowledge to people who need it in the moment and then being able to mic drop and, and go on the beach. I don't know. Right. I like that. Kind of tied to that, but what else do you want to be remembered for? I think that putting someone in contact with someone else so that they can make a relationship is so important. I think that that's what legacy is. You know, I would go, oh yeah, that was Dan that put me together. And that stuff, I love that. I know know it sounds so cheesy, but I'm a people person. I love spending time with people. I love getting to know people. So I'm always like, oh, you know, maybe you could connect with this person. So I don't really care if I'm remembered or not, but if I was remembered for something, it would be, you know, a positive impact on someone's life. Me. I like that. And as an introvert, I try to pair myself up with extroverts that would connect me better than I could connect myself. <laughs> All right, cool. And do it. So what's one skill you'd recommend, thinking of like, even like your son, Lucci, what's one skill you'd recommend developing early on in life to have maximum impact throughout the lifetime? I think multiple languages. I'm absolutely here. One year for today, we're meeting back up. What are we celebrating? Okay, so that wrapped up part one. Unfortunately, it got cut off and we didn't actually see it until we got back in Canada when it was too late to finish the in-person interview. That being said, we have part two already released where we go a little bit deeper with Daniel and the Noma Collective experience and understand exactly how you can apply these type of meetups with the retreat format using Noma Collective. So if you're a digital nomad or you're a team leader or you're a company owner and you want to start leveraging done-for-you programs or experiences like this, you should check it out. It's partnerupprofits.com slash Noma, N-O-M-A. You can use the code PARTNERUP, which would give you $250 off of a single experience excursion. Or if you are a business, I've also secured a really good exclusive Friends of the Podcast discount. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but I'll tell you that it's limited to the first five groups or five businesses that take him up on this offer in the upcoming year. So for now, if you're interested, go to partnerupprofits.com slash Noma. If not, go ahead and check out part two. Again, we really dive deep in the necessity for retreats for your team for just the ultimate experience and exponentially growing the culture and the bonding that can take place beyond just a remote setting that you're currently in. So I'll see you in the next episode or I might see you at the next Noma Collective excursion. That's all we've got for this Partner Up Profits podcast episode. As always, I hope you leave here today with one new idea that you can apply to your life and business. 
I'd be forever grateful to you for leaving a review of this episode. And if you like it, rate it a five or give it a thumbs up and just leave a quick comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at partnerupprofits.com on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, you're just one partnership away from changing your business. Let others do the selling for you and get ready to partner up and profit.